If you continue to do things the way you've always done them, expect to get the results you've always gotten. Or you can see things differently and open your eyes to a whole new world of possibility and opportunity with your practice. This is the Virtual Dentist Podcast, daily thoughts, tips, tricks, and ideas to help you see it differently. Doctors, team members, welcome back to the Virtual Dentist Podcast. This is Dr. Brian Harris. And today we are going to talk about one of the most controversial things in cosmetic dentistry right now, and it's this idea of what defines ideal aesthetics. Okay, you know, it's it's important to me because understanding this as a patient is what's going to allow you to go through the smile makeover process and end up with something in the end that you absolutely love. And for you as doctors, it's going to allow you to go through this process and be able to give your patients exactly what it is that they're asking for. So before I dive in, I want to share a story first because this is going to help illustrate what is happening and why it's something that that both parties need to fully comprehend and understand. So I, I got a phone call from a patient about about six weeks ago. And, and she said, Brian, she's like, I feel terrible reaching out to you. She said, I did a virtual consult with you, but because the, the wait time was, was four to five months, I decided to have my smile done somewhere else in California. And I am finished with everything now. I've done all 28 teeth in my mouth and I just don't love it. And I said, okay, well, let's, let's talk this through because the last thing I want to do is go in and, and have to redo anything if it doesn't truly need to be redone. And so I thought, you know, let's, let's get her in. Let's have an appointment where we can kind of talk about what I'm seeing and what I can do to help her out and, and either help her understand why things are looking good the way they are or help her understand, you know, if we do need to redo some things, what is going to allow her to be happy. So she started recounting to me how the experience went. You know, it was a story of, well, the doctor told me I don't want to go any brighter than the whites of my eyes. The doctor told me that I didn't want to go with that shape of tooth because it's not natural. The doctor told me that I want to have this translucency in these little details built into the edges of the teeth and that this shape of the tooth was just a more aesthetic look. Yet here she was in the end spending a lot of money and not happy with the final outcome. Okay. In the mid nineties, when this first cosmetic revolution happened, it was very much a doctor driven process. What I mean by that is patients would show up to the dental office. They didn't really understand what their options were. You know, they saw an episode of extreme makeover. They knew that this is something they wanted to do, but there was no place to compare before and after photos. There was no place to get educated. There was no place to figure out any of that stuff. All they had was their local dentist and all the dentist had was either sample photos from other people's cases or, you know, the, the few cases they had already done that were posted somewhere on their website or oftentimes they were just in a little photo book in the, in the front room. And so it was very much a doctor driven process. The patient's trust in 100% faith was in the doctor and they had to follow their recommendations because they didn't have anything else to compare it to. Okay, so that is when different organizations within dentistry came about and you could 
participate, you could sign up and, and pay to be a part of an organization. And, and, and then you could go through this process of being, um, being um, accredited or judged by your peers in the type of dentistry that you do. And a lot of times this was based on how natural it looked, how it blended with um, the other teeth, how, you know, just the, the, the doctor's version of what is considered ideal aesthetics. And, you know, and by the way, you know, these organizations are fantastic. You know, I, this isn't saying anything negative against them. I think they've done so much for pushing the, the, the field of cosmetic dentistry forward. It's just that ideal aesthetics has always been defined by what the doctors felt looked natural or looked good. Okay. We live in a different world now. You know, it's it's almost like I like to say like it's not really cosmetic dentistry anymore. I call it confidence dentistry. And ideal aesthetics to me isn't what I think looks good. It's figuring out exactly what my patient wants and then giving that to them. Because everybody has a different idea of what is ideal. And nowadays, with a click of a few buttons, you can get access to hundreds and thousands of before and after cases. So the patients are much more educated now. They already know the shade of porcelain. They already know like, hey, doctor, I've, I've looked up. I, I know I want to do Emacs and, and I'm thinking that I want to go MTBL2, maybe LTBL2. Why do they know this? Because it's all over social media. They see different shapes, different sizes, different colors, cases with translucency, cases without. It's very, very easy to know what it is that you want as a patient. The the gap now becomes, can the doctor deliver what the patient wants? Or is the doctor going to be stuck trying to give the patient what it is that the doctor wants? And, you know, I want to pause for a minute because I understand this is, it's it's our role as professionals to guide patients in the right direction. It's our role to give our opinion. It's our role to to share those things and to help them understand, hey, maybe going that long isn't going to look good and here's why. See what it does to the face? Or maybe if we go with something that's too squared off like that, you know, it's going to be a little bit more masculine look and, and pull the photos up and, and show examples. But be there to educate, not to not to dictate exactly how things are going to go. Okay? So the this idea of it being a patient-driven process is very, very real. And I just finished redoing that patient's case. And as I look at it, it looks beautiful. And as I look at the before, you know, after the first doctor did it, I look at, you know, the, the after, after I finished it, they're both beautiful cases. I could put them both up in front of you right now. And I bet everybody would say, hey, they both look good. But one is definitely a different color in a different shape than the other case. And because of that, you know, the, the patient is much happier because it's what they wanted from the get-go. You know, it's, it's not what just the, the doctor felt looked best. Okay, so I want to give you a little bit of advice here. There's ways that you can avoid issues for both you and for your patients. And so the first piece of advice I would give you is, number one, ask questions. You know, talk to your patients. When when they come in to see you for those first consults, sit down with them and say, hey, listen, at the end of the day, I'm here to serve you. You're paying me to give you 
a new smile. And so let's talk about what do you want? What are you looking for? Are you looking for something that looks a little bit more natural to where nobody would ever know that you had anything done? Or are you looking for that smile that just pops when you walk in the room and it's the brightest, fullest smile in the room? I actually use that, that exact terminology because those are two very different types of smiles. And you'd be surprised at, at what it is that people want. Okay, Sometimes they want it to be natural. They don't want anybody to know. Sometimes the goal is they want everybody to know because it is a symbol of status. It is a symbol of, of, of financial independence. There, there's a lot of, of reasons behind it. Okay, so number one, just have an open conversation. I like to give either or scenarios because it helps people think through the process. If you just say, hey, what are you looking for in the end? That's, it's really hard to know because you know their idea of ideal is, is very different than your idea of, of ideal sometimes. So just a question at the beginning of, in the end, what are you hoping to achieve? Number two, I ask all of my patients when we get ready to start the process, hey, start screenshotting cases and then bring them in and show me, give me an example of five to 10 cases that you absolutely love. Because when they do that, you'll see on there like, oh, okay, if every case has the laterals half, you know, half a millimeter shorter than the centrals, then you're gonna know, good, this is gonna be a little bit more natural size and shape to the teeth. But if every case is, you know, the, having the laterals the exact same length as the canines and in the centrals and it's a much more squared off look, then you better be prepared to give somebody that and not to give open embrasures, pointy canines, shorter laterals. So have them screenshot cases and take your ego out of it. I tell my patients, hey, I don't care whether they're my cases or another doctor's cases. You just give me examples of what it is that you love and then I will do my best to, to, to start there and have your initial temporaries look like that. And if we need to make changes, we can go from there. Okay, so number two, have them screenshot cases, have them share them with you. And do the same thing when it comes to translucency, uh, when it comes to anatomy. If, if the 10 cases they show you none of them have any anatomy or translucency, I would be very cautious of going and just having your lab just haphazardly build in translucency and anatomy because that's what they've always done. You know, really, really listen and look at the examples of, of what they share with you. Number three, don't be afraid to reshape cases when you're finished. I, I, I would say maybe one out of every 10 cases, I do not touch once they've been cemented in place. And what I mean by that is that usually at that follow-up visit, that's a great time to take photos and look at it. If the patient's feeling like things are just too big or too bulky, good, open up those embrasures. You know, give a little step down to those laterals. Get, give them um, some, some subtle changes that can make a big difference. Uh, but be willing to take a disc or take a bird to things to, to shape as needed to give people what it is that they want. Okay. And number four, you know, always at the end of the day, communicate along the way with the patient, you know, use a temporary material that is as close to the final color as you can get so that there's less issues when it comes to taking a final shade. You know, it's a lot easier to say, Hey, just let me know how you feel about these temporaries. And if they like the shade, then go with that shade. If they want to go a little bit brighter, go a little bit brighter. But don't don't give them a you know a B1 shade 
and have them wanting to go to, to an MTBL2 and Emacs, that's like a four or five, you know, jump in, in, in shade color. You know, it's going to be really hard for them to know what's going to look good and what's not going to look good. So try to work out a lot of those issues in the temporaries. Make the temporaries look as close to the finals as you can. Take the time. Shape things. Get them to ideal. Polish them. Make them look good. And then just have your lab come as close to as they can to copying that. Um, number five. I think I'm a number five now. Um, use Use a ceramist that knows what they're doing. You know, I, I would say look for labs that this is all they do because they will make you a better dentist. You know, using the right ceramist will will make or break a case because they'll be able to see things that you don't see. They'll be able to see where you under-reduced and make you a reduction coping. You know, a, a lab that doesn't do a lot of these cases will, will just build to ideal thickness or build to what they think looks good. And that's how you end up with cases in the end that just look too thick, look too big, don't look... Um, as ideal okay and the last one I'll leave you with is at the end of the day whatever it is that the patient wants give it to them okay take your ego out of it as a doctor we are living in a world where people know what they want and they will do what it takes to get that it is a patient driven process be there use your expertise to guide them Help them understand why sometimes we we make the choices we do when it comes to size and shape and color. But at the end of the day, listen to your patients. You know, the more conversations you have and the more open you are with them, the the more you're going to understand what it is that they want and the easier it's going to be to give that to them. Now, I know this is a controversial topic. You know, I have I've dentists that I know that, you know, I've, I've heard people tell me all the time, geez, Harris, that last case, it was so bright. There was no translucency, you know, and and I just smile when it happens because sometimes those patients are like the happiest patients that refer the most amount of people to me because I gave them what they wanted and they love it. They're happy with it. You know, get get out of the mindset that just because you're a doctor, you know, that that doesn't mean that you know exactly what it is that, that is best for your patient. You know, they're much more educated now than ever before. And so listen to them. Make it a conversation. Don't get frustrated if they do show you other cases. Don't get frustrated if they ask you to make changes. Just know that it's the world we live in today. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope it's been useful. Uh, I hope that next time you sit down to prep a smile design case, you can come at it with a little bit different mentality. And when you do, I promise you in the end, you'll have happier patients. You'll get great, great cosmetic outcomes. And, And happier patients just means you know, more people out there that are an advocate for who you are and what you do and and more people out there that are going to refer people to see you. Doctors, have a fantastic day and we will talk soon. Hey, everybody, really quick before you go. So recently I opened up a texting community, which means you can now text me your questions. As you listen to these podcasts, if you have questions that come up, feel free, reach out. I spend about 10 to 15 minutes a day answering these questions Number is 480-210-4816. All you got to do is text that number and just type in hello. Uh, I'll save it on my end. You can save it on your end and we can start having conversations. Lastly, doctors, if you are not part of the Smile Virtual community already, you are missing out on an amazing group of doctors that see the world differently and use technology 
to connect and communicate with patients. So if you're not part of it already, visit www.smilevirtual.com, get signed up, and we can help answer any other additional questions that you have.